The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friendos, we've got huge holiday sales happening now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash GoingInRaw and FriendoMarket.com. 20% off everything on both sites, and we have restocked Slayer shirt sticker packs at the Friendo Market. Links in the description. Hey, Rendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Rock Countout. It's back. Woo, it's back. Special two-day engagement for Countout. Return That's engagement. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. We uh, had episode yesterday, one today. Yeah, we needed we needed to do this because we want to take some time off for the holidays. It's the holidays. It's the most wonderful time of year. Yeah. And so we were like, hmm, we gotta record some stuff in advance. What should we do? Uh, when is it? This is going up the Saturday. Saturday the 24th. So the weekend after Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving Thursday. Going in Raw View, Survivor Series 97. That's correct. So that already happened. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Boy, those late 90s. What a great period of time those were. Some. Uh, yeah, so check that out. And uh, yeah, today and t- what is today? Friday and Saturday. Saturday. Is that yeah. what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Friday and Saturday. So yesterday we put up the episode of Count Out. The reasons why. And today it's why. They shouldn't. Yeah. So, of course, if you haven't seen the, the episode yesterday. Um, Watch it after this one. Yeah, exactly. So we're offering two perspectives on. And th- these are very important episodes because I feel like. The elite are probably going to be watching these episodes because they're probably still figuring out. They're probably doing YouTube searches. Why should I go to WWE? Why shouldn't I go to WWE? <laughs> exactly. And, and given they come across these two episodes, yeah, they'll help, help them make up. Their well, mind. I would think that we're going to be pretty high in the search engine op- optimization because we're very popular, and so everybody respects our point of view and our opinion. Given that we have no, nobody knows what WWE is going to be offering these guys. No. But it's always fun to speculate. This is the time when we do. We speculate on, are they going to go to WWE? It's the elite, the biggest names not in the WWE currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, May or may not be heading towards WWE. Correct. Uh, come the end of the year. Beginning Remains of next be seen, year. But here is 10 reasons why they shouldn't go. Here we go. Number 10. 10. The club. So the club's kind of a cautionary tale um, of... Two wildly successful wrestlers in New Japan. They come to the WWE with a bit of buzz. They came around the same time as AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, they're not even on TV anymore. They're not on TV. A year and a half. Right? Two and a half years? They've been around for two and a half years now? It's been a while. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. year and a half. I think it'd be two years in January. Sorry. Like you said, they came in with big buzz. They got big buzz. Um, they had uh, the one of the tag team titles. They had the Raw tag team titles, I think, for a spell. Briefly, they lost them at WrestleMania of the Hardys last year. They came over to SmackDown Gosh, it's been at some point. Two and a half years, I think. And uh, we figured, oh, cool. They're going to align with... Wait, are they on SmackDown or Raw? Yeah, they're on SmackDown. <laughs> Why are they not we using them? We may see them in at the Survivor, Survivor Series. Series, just because I think there's only so many tag teams on SmackDown they could utilize for the... 
tag team Survivor Series match. When they were on Raw, they flirted with the idea of putting them with Finn Balor. And before that, they were part of the club with AJ Styles. Yeah, that's right. And then they got broken up in the uh, brand extension draft. Yeah. But now they're back on SmackDown where AJ is. And they they sort of flirted. Didn't they like also flirt with them being back together at one point? Who Everybody loves factions. I know. People love factions. I know. So. Why not do something? So. Uh, the Elite obviously include the Young Bucks. Uh, and they're obviously going to come over with a lot more buzz if they go over. And a lot more prestige than the club did, mm-hmm. than Gallows and Anderson did. However, that is one piece of evidence to suggest that eh, WWE, they don't always know what to do with these Correct. tag teams. Correct. These superstars. Correct. They don't always know what to do with them. They don't know. Just look at the club. They're not even on TV. Not even on TV. I'm sure they're happy making that guaranteed money. Oh, yeah. And but, I'm sure they're still working the house show circuit and making a, a healthy living. But the elite's uh, manifesto is change the world. Change the world. Hard to do that when you're not on TV. Correct. Got to be on the airwaves. Exactly. Number nine. Nine. Why to JR Wrestling? So now, this is yeah. the uh, previously rumored, since somewhat denied, uh, new wrestling promotion supposedly being founded and started by uh, Chris Jericho and Jim Ross. Uh, set to launch at some point in 2020. Funded by a billionaire family, the Khan family. They own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Is that correct? And, okay. Uh, I, forgive me, I forget his first name. Um, that's the father. He owns the Jaguars, and I guess one of his sons is a huge wrestling fan. And the rumors going around was that uh, the family would fund it, the son would be involved in the, the development of it, um, and then you have Y2J and JR kind of being the head of it, I would imagine, from a creative standpoint. Sure. Um, and, of course, with Jericho doing a lot these days with the Elite, uh, tagging with the Young Bucks against... As either Alpha Club or... What was it, Jackson? Y2 Jackson. Y2 Jackson, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, against Kenny, Cody, and Marty Skrull. Um, it would seem a no-brainer if this promotion were to happen. Mm-hmm. And if the Elite doesn't go to WB, they would be involved in some capacity. Yeah. I would not be surprised if uh, early next year we learn that all members of the Elite have signed new non-exclusive contracts with, promote, with a promotion like New Japan or Ring of Honor or some with one and some with the other. Um, with the idea that they can get involved in something like this, or have I, as I've theorized previously, the NWA to kind of help build up, using the momentum from all in to help build up and cultivate a unified front for independent wrestling here in the States. Yeah. Um, to not exactly compete with WWE, but to serve as a really healthy alternative. It feels like there is, may, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but it feels like there is potentially some sort of uh, uh, hole in the wrestling world that could be filled by something that would take what All In was and turn an actual promotion into it. That can sort of take from a lot of places. Like you can take borrow from Impact's TV production Mm -hmm, uh, element mm -hmm, because they mm -hmm. do really good TV production and their matches are good and they got a good roster. Um, But they have a terrible legacy. you know, maybe a little bit of the Lucha Underground uh, style of cinematics kind of thing, you know? There's a lot of promotions that do a lot of things very well, but there isn't one singular promotion outside of the WWE 
that does everything that can appeal to a North American audience um, and fill in that gap that All In, I think, really serviced mm-hmm. in a one-time live event deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that promotion that could be created uh, could use the elite to help uh, That's kind of the cornerstones of yeah. the whole thing, yeah. Exactly. If, if, anybody's, uh, if anybody has the, the stroke to do it uh, in terms of getting uh, some buzz going, it'd be the elite. Indeed. Number eight. Eight. WWE merch staff. Uh, they're uh, terrible. What, is, what are we looking at? Why that was Neville's shirt I'm when he blind. was cruiserweight champion, and he posted that image on Twitter and, and took uh, WWE's uh, design team to task for producing such a, a horrible garment. I mean, this literally looks like doo-doo. This looks like a template that you just fill in text in. Yeah, it does. But this is like something you'd have for a company picnic. It's like a bad template. And not something you'd sell to the masses, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like not if a good I'm design. Starting, if I'm starting out in real estate, then this kind of thing could be on my brochure. Yeah. Right? If yeah. I'm starting this out. This looks like a, you know, like a, a company pic- picnic for like a, a, a mortician. Because it it's look- got that serif font that's kind of <laughs> what you see on the headstone. Yeah, it looks like a headstone. I mean, it's literally in the shape of a headstone. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. So hey, you know when I die, can I just can you just put that on my on my on the back of my tombstone? All right, the front one is for my family. All right, you know the back Neville, King the, of the Cruiserweights. <laughs> right. All right, I give you full permission. I'll give you my power of attorney for that one. Yeah, just put it in your will, <laughs> exactly. and I'll make it so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing: the Young Bucks they have thrived. They revel. They honestly, seriously revolutionized the independent wrestler merch business. Yep. Everybody saw how they treated their fans while they were selling merch. People would go there and they just buy it. And then, you know, right when they were just getting super hot, like, I don't know, when being the elite was really starting to blow up, you go to the, oh, everybody's going to the Young Bucks uh, Pro Wrestling Tea Store. And they've got like 90 shirts there. And they have their own merch store And they well. have their own merch store. And they obviously have their guys. Sometimes I remember there was there was one design not too long ago that was literally just tweeted at them by a fan. Yeah, they ended up using it. That's cool. They got permission. They licensed it. And they got ended up using it. Uh, uh, not so much with WWE. No, I, I have a. That's one thing that wrestlers in WWE have not been able to do seemingly is bring over their own merch guys. Yeah, that shirt we showed there, the Neville one. That's not uh, an outlier. That's not an anomaly. A lot of WWE's merch is the really norm. bad. That's the norm. There's well, like a similar Pete there's Dunn There's very, very few that are as bad as that Neville and that one Pete Dunn one. That's like bomb of the barrel. Red Pete Dunn. <laughs> yeah, that Pete Dunn one's really bad too. But most of, most of the WWE designs exist in this kind of uh, middle section where it's just too much. Yeah. Usually it's like, all, I won't say all over print, but like <laughs> it's, you're wearing body armor of silk screen on the front and they insist on having some garbage on the back every time. <laughs> and the shirts are already super heavy. Yeah, they're the heavyweight, uncomfortable, stiff cotton for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the WB shirts aren't terrible. They'll, they'll Elias' some, is always good. Yeah, Elias is good. And they'll do collaborations with uh, various kind of designers and some of them mm. be pretty good and some of the retro yeah. ones aren't bad yeah but by and large wb's merchandise design is not good yeah not good yeah damn. yeah and you, you know you're excited to, that the elite have come over to wb and you're like i'm gonna buy their first shirt <laughs> and you, it pops up a wb shop and you're like well i really like the elite the shirt is ugly 
I'll get it anyways. I want to support my favorite wrestlers. Well, no, you, you and know, then you're embarrassed to wear it in public. That's exactly why there's so many Undisputed Era shirts at full. It's not because their logo's good or their shirts are good. Their shirt, that logo's terrible. It's not great. Those shirts are terrible. But people wear them because they, that's how much they love the Undisputed Era. They're willing to put forth, put, put up with public embarrassment potentially <laughs> to support Adam Cole, baby. Exactly. Oh, man. And, and the, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. The Young Bucks have been known for iconic merchandise. Mm-hmm. The, and they need to be allowed to bring their own guys over. But yep. if, if nobody, if Alistair Black stuff, they, maybe he brought somebody over for that. Or it was just someone really in tune with that character. Yeah, that could be too. And, and that particular art style. Be, well, because it kind of looks like I think stuff some he used of his, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number seven. Seven. More money to be made elsewhere. As we saw with the massive, massive, massive success of All In, mm-hmm. um, Cody and the Young Bucks funded that show. They sold it out. I'm sure they made a ton of money off it. And as we referred to with Y2JR Wrestling Promotion, the, you know, there there is money to be made still outside the WWE. Was it last year Cody said it was the first year he, he made over a million dollars? Yeah, yeah. Um, Young Bucks make six figures in merchandise sales. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not hurting for money. No, and I, I would imagine. So we've sort of been lamenting the uh, the fizzle out of uh, the elite versus Bullet Club thing. The elite's departure from Bullet Club has felt more of more of a, a whimper than a bang. Um, I do kind of wonder if that has to do with contract negotiations. And that's one thing. If, if New Japan would match WWE's offer, whatever monetarily that might be, we might see a massive, massive year-long feud between New Bullet Club or OG's Bullet Club, yeah, whatever yeah, they call yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And the Elite, yeah. And the Elite. Um, so there is money to be made elsewhere. There's legacies to be crafted still. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, just in New Japan, Ring of Honor, billionaire JR guy. Uh, there's money to be made elsewhere. In the oh, WWE. yeah. Oh, yeah. And at WWE's this point, not the only place that has money. No, at this point, uh, pretty much anybody in the elite, once they're free agents, and if they're intent on sticking together, mm-hmm. they have a huge amount of uh, negotiating power and leverage. Oh, they yeah. can pretty much demand whatever they want. They could take, like, if, if they were to be reasonable about, well, this is what we made this past year. Let's say we can make that times, you know, plus another 20% this year. Take that number, double it, see if WWE will do it, you mm-hmm. know, or see mm-hmm. if New Japan will do it, you mm-hmm. know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, there is money to be made at other places. Yes. Number six. Six. The being the elite legacy. They are crafting a legacy that is very unique, that is exclusively their own. They have built this being the elite thing. Yeah. Um, and as so they said, organically. Yeah, and as they said, you know, what is their what is their motto? Change the world. Uh-huh. And I it seems to me they, if they want to follow through on that, they would be able to do so more effectively on their own, rather as part of the WWE machine. It's very possible having uh, maintaining the the big thing is maintaining control. Yes, over everything. Yes, um, to do it the way they see fit. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll talk uh, a little bit about this in the other episode. We're actually filming this one first, even though the other one went up yesterday. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you know. The 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 there is no bigger platform than what WWE is offering them, but like we saw it all in, they have a pretty damn big platform. They do. They, they have do. a pretty big platform. And, of their and own. based on their relationship with new with the New Japan, Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, it's yeah, a pretty large sure. platform too. Yeah, big Not quite platform. WrestleMania size, 
but next WrestleMania is probably the largest wrestling show uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so New Japan is 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 not like they're they're wrestling in tiny little venues. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty huge platform as yeah. it is, yeah. especially now with uh, New Japan's expansion to the states, uh, New Japan World. Um, you I mean pretty much anybody can watch New Japan's product at any time if there they is, want to. There is something to be said about aiming to because here's the thing: their legacy would have to. Be, I would think that they would want their legacy to be not the guys who, oh man, it's a bummer we never saw him in the WWE, but you, you want your legacy to be such that people don't even care about that because of what they're able to get. Exactly, and if they use momentum for all in serve, to serve as a catalyst for continued growth for in more some respect, better. yeah, mm-hmm. then that'd be pretty massive. And that'd be, if, if their legacy is showing wrestlers around the world that you don't need WWE to make a really good living mm-hmm. doing what you love and it gives yourself... A degree of freedom, both creatively and in terms of your schedule, to live a much more fulfilling and, and enjoyable life. Mm-hmm. That's a massive legacy yeah. in the wrestling industry. Absolutely. Number five. Five. End of being the elite. So we don't know what the fate of being the elite would be if they were to go to WWE. That's true. Um, yeah, we don't I mean. It seems like being the elite is is partially done because they have the time to do it. Um, in WWE, we all know, based on the demanding schedule, we'll get to that more next, um, wrestlers don't seem to have a whole lot of free time, and that's just not wrestling and traveling to and from shows. That's promotional things. That's doing autograph signings. That's doing all the extra work you got to do in the WWE. They might not have the time to continue producing Being the Elite at the rate they're doing. It might take a different form. Um, being the elite is such a huge part of the elite's brand mm-hmm. that if it were to change, if it were to get sucked up and become part of the WWE machine, people might not be into it. If it's not as DIY, yep. then they might not be into it. If it goes to the WWE network and becomes more of a reality show, people might not be into it. Mm-hmm. There is an element to the young bucks right now, to the elite, that feels, granted, as much money as we know they make, but they're still a, they're in that really sweet spot where... People understand how much money they make. They still want to throw money at them. Yes. They still view them as a mom and pop shop. They still view them as a punk rock band that is making basically garage music. Mm -hmm. Even though they're making gobs and gobs of money, people Mm -hmm. love supporting that. And they love seeing them get even more successful Mm -hmm. because they come off uh, as very grounded people and very good people who put out a good product. And also they make the time to to reach out to their fans. Yeah, yeah, they they treat their fans like a million bucks. Whenever they have these Ring of Honor meet and greets, they always all they do them mm-hmm, yeah before the shows so um so yeah there's the possibility that uh being the elite i have a hard time believing it would end but it might be changed significantly yeah. there is that possibility and it might get kind of enveloped in in wb's digital and social uh departments now all of this it all de- so much of this uh depends on how, just how much negotiating power Mm-hmm. They're able to wield true because, you know, I, I'm sure WWE would love to get their hands on being the elite. Um, I would think the elite would would be smart enough to say, well, if we change it, it's going to be bunk. But if we let if you let us do the same thing we do, just using the wrestlers on the brand that we're on, mm-hmm. it could blow up even more. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. talked about that on yesterday's episode. Yes. Go watch it. Um, so, yeah, there there is definitely a flip side. Yes. To this entry. Number four. Four. 
Oh, that demanding schedule. Look at Kenny right there. Yeah. Oh, man. That's I him after three weeks on SmackDown. Last year, I want to say, Kenny wrestled maybe a dozen or 18 singles matches. And then a lot of tag Jeez. matches. Wow. Um, if he, they're in WWE, um, you're going to really pretty much invert those numbers where Kenny's going to be wrestling, especially if he has a belt. 200 matches or 180 matches a year. Mm-hmm. We work in 260 days a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say the New Japan uh, schedule isn't demanding because it is. Um, but it's, I mean, like the time commitment to WB is insane. Just you're wrestling five days a week, plus you got to travel to and from shows. You're really talking a day and a half off. Um, and again, that's not to mention promotional obligations autograph signings that you have to do as part of your media, job. Media, yeah, appearances. media appearances, all that. Starring in WWE films. Yes. Um, there, I mean, look, there, there are several sort of asterisks here, several caveats. On one hand, and we talk about this, uh, we talked about this yesterday, um, there is the possibility, again, based on their negotiating power, um, that they'd be able to get a lighter schedule. On the other hand, if they want as big a payday as the WWE would probably be willing to offer them, the caveat there would be you're on a full time mm-hmm, schedule. Mm-hmm. So it again, it so much of it depends. But if you're simply looking at what the normal average full time wrestler in WWE, what his schedule's like, it is super demanding. It yep. is very hard. It is very yeah. demanding. Yeah. So they would be, you know, if if they had the regular full time schedule, that's what they'd be looking at. Yeah. And, there, and, and beyond the costs on their body associated with wrestling 160, 180 matches a year, less time with their family. Yeah, sure. Which the Young Bucks, I know for, for mm-hmm. a fact, have spoken extensively of how important it is for them to have that flexibility in their schedule. Yeah. Which they kind of have now with Ring of Honor in New Japan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Number three. Three. The WWE style. So they do a lot of things. That might not be allowed in the WWE. Yeah, and you mentioned during your conversation. Not with, Cody, but the others. Yeah, with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura talking about the difference between wrestling and NXT in, on SmackDown. And he said, well, NXT, they didn't really, he didn't have to really change his style a lot. He could take a similar approach he could in New Japan. However, on SmackDown, they had to still matches to their essence, mm-hmm. to the, the, the essential bits. Um, and that's a massive difference from you know wrestling... 30 minutes on average, if not longer, in main event matches for Kenny or the Young Bucks um, to try to tell the stories they want to tell in 12 minutes, mm-hmm. eight minutes. Yeah. Um, now, granted, if they're on Raw, which they probably would be, I mean, they're, they're on a weekly basis, they'd have an opportunity to get 25-minute matches in. But you also, you're also looking at, like, their move sets, which I have all the faith in the world that the Young Bucks and, and Kenny especially – um, would be able to modify their style to suit WWE style. Um, that being said, there you never know. There could be a backlash of fans who look mm-hmm. at the way they wrestle and say, well, it's not the way it was. Yeah, you you, you had to water down your approach to yeah. fit into the WWE. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number two. Two. No creative control. Yeah. Again, um, sort of depending on, you know, uh, there have been uh, rumors or there's been reports that Daniel Bryan, for example, has been able to get the schedule he wants. Yeah. Um, Very they, rarely do we hear about instances where never. 
There's one. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, there was that in the CM Punk documentary. He talked about how there was a period where they had nothing for him, so he went home and, as he put it, wrote 14 weeks of television, brought to Vince, and Vince was like, "Okay, yeah, we can do this." Mm-hmm. So there are, has been instances where talents have taken upon themselves to come sure. up with creative, pitch it to Vince, and at times it's been approved. Um, but as far as I know, apart from Hogan, there's never been an instance where anybody's ever had like free reign to do what they want to do creatively. Um, Bret Hart claimed to have uh, uh, had wasn't that a wrestling with shadows didn't he say that was that am I tripping right now you're thinking of Boogie Nights man (laughs) (laughs) I thought I thought I thought Bret Hart didn't he say God no what am I thinking of right now oh no 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 never mind never mind I'm thinking of something completely different I'm thinking of Hogan again because he had he had uh, creative control Bret Hart never said that he had. Uh, I recall, like a creative control, some sort of clause, with how they book his character. Oh, well, maybe to a certain extent. I thought to a certain extent, certainly not like to Hogan extent. No, no, because no. Hogan had like final say. Yeah, and finishes and stuff. Yeah. No, I think Bret just had some say in terms of the depiction of his character. Because I, I thought, think. I thought he was saying that there would be some sort of contractual breach um, by doing things, you know, by by swerving him the way they did. Oh yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I forget. I can't remember right now, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, by and large, comes down to one guy we're about to talk about. Uh, creative control, like you said, we have not heard that WWE at any point, uh, have, especially recently, are lax or, or is willing to sort of say, yeah, you guys can write your own ticket. Yeah. Like you said, if, if they have no, nothing for you and you pitch them an idea, it seems like um, they are willing to hear you out. Yeah. And I'm sure Vince probably likes when people take the initiative yeah, and do he, that. I would imagine he does. Um, that being said, I would think that a high profile signing like the elite, they would have their plans written out for them. You would hope so. For <laughs> at least their first two years. But then you hear that Triple H always wanted six months of creative in place for NXT call-ups, and we have seen several times that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and Cody said recently that uh, he can't really take direction anymore. Yeah. He's too used to doing his own thing, doing yeah. things the way he wants to do them and how he sees best. Um, so to have to go back in an environment where he'll walk through the hallway and then Stephanie will say, you know what? You, you should, should be Stardust. You should, you should be Stardust. Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah. I would think, though. Yeah. And it, it, that if, if, if for by some miracle they get approval to handle or be significantly involved in their own creative... That's something that you got to have in writing too. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was like a handshake thing, Vince says, "Oh no, to- you know, we'll have you in meetings for blah blah blah." Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah, no, that's got to be in the contract. It, it'll be very interesting because they will probably tell Meltzer if they go to WWE. If that happens, it would not surprise me at all if they sat down at the negotiating table and said, "Okay, well, it, it actually wouldn't surprise me if WWE, if Triple H was savvy enough." To say, hey, these guys, they want to know they're going to be taken care of creatively. Mm-hmm. So when we go and present our offer, let's lay out a machinimated, <laughs> like going to 2K19 yeah, yeah, yeah. with Defract, or what's his name? Is yeah, it Defract, yeah. Defract yeah. Creations. With his creative wrestlers. And custom video, uh, like how we see them being booked over the next you know two years or whatever. Let's, let's lay out a plan for them, which seems like it'd be unprecedented mm-hmm. but at the same time this is an unprecedented group of guys yeah you know yeah and so it, it, that would not surprise me if they laid out hey 
This is what we have in mind for you. Cody, you're going to be you and Triple H because that makes all the sense. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Young Bucks, you and New Day or yeah, Usos yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Kenny, you and Seth. You and AJ. Yeah, you and AJ. Exactly. So it wouldn't surprise me if they came to the table. That being said, you know, if it's, it's the world of wrestling. I'm not sure they, they would do that. And if you're just going there hoping that they're going to take care of you and you have no control, that might not be a positive mm-hmm. thing. Might not be so great. Yep. Anyways, number one. One. Vince McMahon. The number one reason they shouldn't go to the WWE is because their creative futures will be dictated by the whims of a 70-some-odd-year-old man. Who apparently makes illogical decisions. On a whim when he just wakes up from a nap. Yep. He changes the finish to matches that are going down at WrestleMania that day. Yep. Vince McMahon. Yes. And, uh, you know, just think of those awful promos he's writing for Roman. Do you really want that guy telling what you can and can't do creatively in terms of your own storylines? Now, we've already said... Here's a spoiler alert if you haven't watched yesterday's video that the number one reason why they should go to WWE is also Vince McMahon because the man is still a genius. And by and large, WWE creative is actually pretty damn good when you think about just how much they produce. Um, SmackDown on a week-to-week basis is actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. NXT is out of this freaking world good. 205 Live is great. And NXT a- UK is a lot of fun. It's really just raw, and I think that's partially because it's too darn long. And even on Raw, there's a lot to like if yeah, you break down. Like, yeah. There's like a good hour that's really good on mm-hmm. Raw, and then mm-hmm. there's just a lot of just two hours of just not great. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're still dealing with Vince McMahon. Uh, Triple H isn't in charge yet. Uh, but uh, as we've seen in yesterday's video, could be a good thing, but it also could be a really, really bad thing. Yeah. You just never know. Like you, you sneeze in front of him, he, you might he might hate you all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, look at what he did with the Hardys. They came back at WrestleMania and won the titles. Yeah. So yeah. you don't you don't know you're gonna get. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know you're gonna get. You don't know. You don't know you're gonna get. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it for this episode of Countout. Oh, yeah. What a great trip down memory Felt good lane to be back. Being here on Countout. It's been so long since we've counted things down. Kind of glad I don't count things down anymore. We used to do it all the time. Yeah, we used to do it all the time. That was our jobs. Oh, boy. Oh Several boy. years. Yeah. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in. Like we said, we got that video that went up yesterday. It takes a positive look at signing with WWE. There's, there's plenty of positives. We found 10 of them. Probably could have found more. Maybe. Or not. Yeah. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.